What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Quadbrothers Viewers Couch, the Mighty Mandos podcast. It looks like you can't actually see Gabe, but I am here with Gabe, like always, and we are talking the Mandalorian. And I'm not sure why your video... Oh, there we go. There you are. Hey, Gabe, how's it going? Uh, good. They may not see me, but they can hear me. Oh, they can see you okay. now. It's all fixed. You got it all done up. So if you didn't know, on the Mighty Mandos podcast, we talk about the newest episode of The Mandalorian as it comes out each week. We're doing a little bit later this week as some things did not work out properly, but that is okay. I'm excited to be talking about Chapter 11, The Heiress. You can catch us wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as live on Twitch most Sundays uh, in the afternoons and... Or the evening. It depends on kind of where we're at that day. Um, it will get a little more regular as I am have some exciting news. Uh, Gabe knows about this, but I'm going to be moving into full-time streaming and podcasting for a couple months at least. Uh, so I'm very, very stoked to be able to have that opportunity to do that and build up my uh, the community with all you guys. Uh, I like It's amazing the... Uh, support that you guys are giving and like just the follows and the views and all that kind of stuff so I'm very excited um, unfortunately I was passed over for partner this uh, time around but I get to apply again in the month so I'm just going to keep grinding it out and getting some more podcasts out and we have some very very exciting stuff coming on in the new year including some new podcasts and uh, some other stuff that I'll be announcing later uh, all very very exciting it's a crazy time in life but um, I'm, I'm stoked for it you can also catch us on social media. Those links will be in the description below. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now we also have TikTok and YouTube. Uh, oh. Yeah, very slow getting onto those, but I am on there now, or we are on there now, and we put up some clips, and we're going to be doing more and more on those as time comes on. Uh, it's all very, very exciting. I am stoked for what is going to be going on with the cooperators and our brand as a, as a whole. Um, it's a Yoda. Yep, yeah, always Yoda. As you can see, I've gotten more and more obsessed with Baby Yoda. I have my Baby Yoda stuff in the background over uh, here and over here. I've got more oh. stuff coming. <laughs> I'm a little bit obsessed with Baby Yoda and uh, all this, but it's a good thing because we talk about this a lot. Um, yep. I also, I'm not sure I mentioned in the last podcast, but no, because it would have been last week, so it would have been this one. I actually recorded with the Eep Eep, or the Every Pokemon Episode Ever podcast uh, last week, and it went really, really well. Very, very stoked that I was uh, invited onto that, and uh, wonderful guys. Please go out there, listen to their stuff. Oh my god, Gabe. <laughs> you always eat on <laughs> You always eat during this show. You are the worst. Um, no, man. No, don't worry about it. I just have to hit this... <laughs> uh, but like I was saying, go check them out. They are absolutely amazing. You can find them on Spotify as well as I think on Apple Music, Google. I think they're even on Amazon Music, which is awesome for them, or Amazon Podcasting. So uh, give them a listen, especially if you like Pokemon. If you don't, maybe it won't be your thing, but give, give them a try. They're really funny, really nice guys. Uh, and it was just wonderful to record with them last week. Um and I think without further ado, we can jump right into the episode. Unless you got anything uh, you want to share, game, share about your week, share about your life. Anything exciting going on? We're ready to believe you. Okay. <laughs> 
Awesome. Then we are going to jump right into... Actually, let's do some uh, initial thoughts before I jump into the plot and we get into our deeper stuff. Uh, what did you think about this episode as a whole? Okay. All I have to say... All right, my, my, my mic didn't attack. Uh, it was a great episode, and it's my favorite episode this season. I thought it was one of those things where at the end of the episode, I was like, man, that was my favorite episode this season. And then I saw who directed it, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that confirms it. Yeah, that explains it. I loved it. I really, I, I, again, I don't follow Star Wars. I don't know what Star Wars is, but um, there were a lot of things that I felt if you were a Star Wars fan, I think you're excited about, mm-hmm. or maybe not. Maybe you're upset. Maybe you're just upset that they messed with the thing. But then maybe you really like the fact that somebody from the animated show is playing their actual character in person. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, so I liked it, though. I really enjoyed the episode a lot. Yeah, so did I. I... I took this in so many different ways too like there was this season has been very fan service for the animated series uh as well as just in general uh i feel like one great thing about the mandalorian is they can do that and really tie it into the rest of the universe without feeling like it's kind of hemmed in because all these things like make sense for what he's doing right like the dragon and the first one they made that like super epic super awesome and it's something you didn't really get to see in any of the previous uh movies or cartoons or anything so it's very exciting that they put in the dragon and now they brought in like all this extra stuff they brought in the new mandalorians who are all featured in the um star wars rebel show uh, they're bringing uh ahsoka uh, or ashoka in ahsoka uh from the animated so from clone wars she's coming back in she was also in rebels um yeah, it's just really exciting for me as someone who really follows all these different properties. They're, like, tying everything together in such a good way. Uh, and we're learning more about the different clans now. So he's part of uh, Children of the Watch, but there are plenty of different Mandalorian clans, including Death Watch, which uh, Darth Maul was in charge of for a while. And it was, uh, they kind of battled. Then there was the Guardians, uh, which is what she is. Uh, and then Children of the Watch, who are obviously kind of that... They said it, they were kind of zealots trying to get back to the old ways of Mandalore. So it's very interesting to see, like, him kind of come to terms with he's not the only kind of Mandalorian. Like, others will take off their masks. They have, like, different views, different stuff. So, but at the, he also says that you guys are not true Mandalorians, which is, like, also a big kind of part of that. So very, very interesting to see, like, kind of, it's like... Because Mandalorian, like, their culture is kind of like a religion, it's like different sects of the same religion. And it's very interesting to see how they kind of interact with each other. Because uh, he needs something from them, so he's willing to help them. But he obviously he doesn't actually want to be there for everything. And they kind of, like, screw him by, like, moving the mission, like, one step further, right? As we'll talk about in a bit. Right. So, it's I really enjoyed it. I also like that they kind of redeemed Baby Yoda. <laughs> A little bit after he ate all the the eggs, we finally saw like one of the uh, or some of the eggs actually hatch. I think we only saw one hatch fully, but like he was playing with it and not trying to eat it, <laughs> which was kind of a, a nice thing because uh, yeah, that was pretty rough last time. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts. I I enjoyed it. I don't think I liked it better than episode one of this season, but I definitely liked it better than the last episode. 
No, I, yeah, I agree with everything. Um, yeah, just for me, I just, uh, this is my favorite one so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a little hard to uh, beat out the crate Dragon fight with the acid-melting people thing. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. All right, then let's just uh, jump right into this plot. Actually, I'm going to turn you up a bit. Yeah. Can you uh, just... Turn me up. Okay, I think I think you're good now. Oh, you don't need to go closer. I think I just, my microphone was, or my uh, headphones were a little low. Uh, so we are going to jump into the plot. I know we used to do a uh, a theme song for this, but always changed. Do you have a theme song in mind? Yeah, here it goes. Ready? Uh, are you ready? 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 Are you ready for that plot summary? Okay. Know that remind me of Final Space with uh, Kevin. <laughs> that was such a Kevin thing to do. If you haven't watched Final Space, audience, you should definitely get on that. It is hilarious. I loved it. Gabe didn't like season two, but I loved the entire series. So get on that. I season one. I cried so much in season one. Oh, yeah. It ruined me. Yeah, so I would definitely give it a try if you haven't already. But we are not talking about Final Space today. We are talking Mandalorian, the heiress. Uh, so we start with the Razor Crest still being severely damaged in space and getting a crazy crash landing on the moon of Trask. This is a good callback to actually episode two of the actual movies uh, where Anakin... Oh no, episode three, when they have to fly General Grievous's ship into the planet after uh, they knock out all its kind of things and they're stuck on there. Uh, very cool scene. Uh, you see the fire going all around it and like the uh, control people telling him to slow down, but he can't. And then that final, <laughs> when he hits the thing, you're like, yeah, he made it. And then suddenly he falls in the water. I thought that was a great comedic beat. It was a good sequence. And we yeah. got to see the amazing sweaters being worn by the... I don't know what they're called, but the people that look like Admiral Akbar. Oh, the uh, Mon Calamaris. Yes. Yes. Uh, you also see some modified AT-ATs, which is the crane thing that pulls them out, which is kind of cool. Uh, we can also see why that the frog people live here, because it is all water. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the frog lady from the last one is reunited with her husband, and it's super cute. All I can think is like, reunited and I feel so good. That's like the only thing that was going through my head the entire time. But um, they, the husband directs the Mandalorian to the inn nearby, where he learns that three Mandalorians have been seen in the area. And the captain of the Thrawler of Quarren... <laughs> I got all these names right. Oh, yeah. Offers passage to find the Mandalorians. Um, very interesting. I thought it was really funny here with the uh, soup, that his soup is alive when Baby Yoda has to eat and he, like, freaks out. And he's told once again not to play with his food. Uh, um, we're out at sea now, and the captain shows them the Mama Corps, which is kind of weird. Uh, that they are transporting across the ocean. This is actually a kind of a aquatic, smaller version of a Sarlacc, which is kind of cool. Uh, um, he suddenly throws the child carrier into the beast like a jerk-off, and as soon as he did that, I'm like, this guy's, everyone, uh, they all need to die. Just right now. Just, come I'm on, Mandalorian. Uh, I, I was shocked. I was like, 
oh, wow, that really happened. And then I was also like, what is this? Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. What the hell is this? It was exactly that. Like, it was the exact, it was the Kraken. Like, it was the exact animation of the Kraken from Pirates of the Caribbean. But even, even with the tentacle beards. Yep. It was all. Like, uh, yeah, the Mandalorian dives in after, and the trap is set, and he's stuck in the hold. Uh, the captain promises to kill him for his Besker armor, as everyone seems to. Like, Mandalorian is very trusting with all these rando people. Like, you think that he would have, like, been more on guard, especially with the kid and stuff, but, you know, he is who he is. Uh, and he uh, three Mandalorians come down in their suite as armor to the rescue, and this scene kind of reminded me of the last season when he's rescued from the battle droids. Uh, same kind of, like, open up uh, that it had in the last one. And they come in and kill the entire crew. Yes, that is Bo-Katan. Uh, if you have watched the animated series, then you know who she is. She was the heiress to the uh, Mandalorian, uh, I guess, the planet really like all of mandalore uh and at one point she was with sabine from the things and they wielded the dark saber that we saw in the last season finale um her teammates are also koska reeves and axe woven uh i don't think that either are known from anywhere but i could be wrong uh and they break the taboo that the mandalorian has of taking off their helmets in front of people um the Mandalorian distrusts them immediately because of this, and he says that they are not real Mandalorians, and where did they get their armor? Um, but she explains Mandal the Mandalorian heritage, and that the Watch consists of zealots who follow the ancient ways of Mandalore. Uh, this more mainstream Mandalorian society does not do this, as they are the... Uh, I think they're called, they're called through the animation as the Guardians, but I know that they have a longer name, I just can't remember it right now. The Mandalorians now then leave, uh, and stubbornly he refuses uh, Katan's help, or Bo-Katan's help, because he is so just uh, distrusting of them. The Mandalorian is then attacked by the brothers of the dead trawler captain, and once again Bo-Katan and her companions come to his aid and take out all of the... Pirates, I guess you can call them. Uh, she later explains that the Imperial Remnant still plunders Mandalore as they speak, and her team is raiding the cargo ship that, and to steal some weapons to fight against them. She promises the information he needs in return for uh, his help in the raid ahead. Now, this was kind of interesting because, one, why did they just follow him? Like, it was obviously that he had one nothing to do with them, so why did they follow him back to the uh, pirate area in the first place. Like, I was a little confused at this part. Um, why they, like, think, came in and saved him a second time. I, I see. I was... I, it all made sense to me why they followed him, because there's not very many... It seems to me like there's not very many Mandalorian, period, in the universe. And so if you find one, you, you, you kind of... You want to know more, I suppose. And he didn't tell him to leave him alone altogether. He just said, sure. no... You're not real Mandalorians. See you later. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I felt like there was no... I don't know. And also, they judging if they're going by the armor and the code that they have, they must know that he actually does... He's he's done a pretty decent amount of damage on his own by himself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a good point. I yeah. didn't really think about that. Um, I was just enamored by the amazing acting of mm -hmm. the whole team. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, it was really, really well acted. And uh, I don't know if I still have it. I can, I'll pull up the names later. But uh, the female Mandalorian, not Bo-Katan, but the other female Mandalorian, is actually played by a WWE uh, wrestler, which I thought was kind of cool. I can't remember her name, though. And uh, is the Canadian actress, uh, Katie Sackhoff. And she's great. She is amazing. She's from other things like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, she was great in Battlestar Galactica. And, I mean, if you want to even go further before that, uh, I think there's like a bunch. I think she was in uh, Halloween. Oh, jeez. I think. I can't remember if it's 9 or if it's H2O Aftermath. I don't know. It's one of those ones. It's Mm -hmm. one of the later on. Either way, though, Uh, she's a great actress. And did you say that she also voiced the character in Rebels? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she was both, both the voice and actual person. And what's interesting is, like, to me, I think, I think the role really suited, regardless of whether or not she had voiced Bo Katan afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, again, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> about this stuff. But what I do know is that um, I felt like her performance was really solid and so, and yet so different. Then mm-hmm. um, Gina, oh, I've already forgotten what her name is. The, uh, the actress, yeah, I know who you're talking about. The uh, the sh- uh, the drop trooper from last yeah. Time. yeah, yeah. And, and I think they they both are actually so different and different cues. And later on, I'll talk about it more. But I just think it just speaks to the direction and the notes. I mean, the performances as well as them being act- mm-hmm. actor, like a great solid actor yeah. in their own right. Well, I think just the notes. Because they could have easily just been the same character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But they didn't like that. And I just think there's something really interesting in that. Well, that's kind uh, of why I like that they pulled it from another uh, property that they own. Because they have a backstory for her. And they have a character who's already established. So you don't need to do a lot of this backstory stuff with her. Uh, yeah. You need to do some, obviously. Because not everyone saw the cartoons. But like she has like this kind of she already knows where she's going with it and she knows like what this character is i also like that i guess with the cartoon they must have modeled the character after the actress because she looks just like the cartoon like if you look side by side they are so similar and it's awesome um, oh that's yeah so uh bo-katan is seeking a Mandalorian relic that has been stolen from her. That's right, the Dark Saber, uh, which we saw in the last one was that sweet lightsaber that the uh, General... Is it Gideon? What's his name? Moff Gideon? I think it's Gideon, yeah. Yeah, Moff Gideon. And you were talking about that too. You talked about it in our season finale yeah. of season one uh, episode, and you did a really good job of explaining where that lore came from. Mm-hmm. And you also, I think, and I don't remember if... It, I, I might be paraphrasing, but you even said too... It might not be that, but if it is, then here's all the things that yeah. we should probably know about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because they're going to go, it sounds like, with this storyline. Which is awesome. And I think that gives the series a lot more life mm-hmm. than just... But I still stand by my prediction. I think it's going to end still terribly for The Mandalorian. I think he's. Yeah, it will maybe. end. Like, I, I but, think that, I mean, obviously Bo-Katan and these people are going to come back because they all have to go against Moff Gideon eventually, right? So I'm very excited about that. I think that uh, it's yeah. going to be like another team-up, kind of like what we had at the end of the last season with uh, Quill yeah. and uh, IG. 
and all that. And like, it was so great they had that. And now hopefully it's going to come back and be the same kind of thing. Like it's going to be a very big thing. Or maybe we'll even get like a war scene with like a ton of Mandalorians fighting for their home world kind of thing. And uh, so there's so many things that they could do now that they've like brought in this like extended universe that has all this extra stuff that we know about like that is very more well known than say like the books or the extra lore and stuff it's like it's just out there and yeah again if you guys if or if anyone has not seen rebels or clone wars i would definitely suggest going through them eventually clone wars is a little hard to get through at the beginning because it's is well it's dated uh but the newer versions or like the newer seasons are way better especially one that just came out because it'll explain a lot of what's going on with like ashoka as well as learning about the bad batch who are actually getting their own tv show so it's like just extra little things to kind of get you prepped for everything, but I would definitely suggest that. Um, but yeah, so the Darksaber is super exciting to have that in there. Uh, like I said, it's the right, it shows the right to rule Bandalore, whoever has that. So it's very cool that it's out there still, but now Bo-Katan, like we learned that she lost it. So I think that she's probably trying to get it back so that she can prove that she's still right to rule Mandalore as a whole. So all very, very exciting. I'm stoked. I'm like just ready to go uh so as the mandalorian decides to go with them to uh get the information he leaves the child with the frog lady and instantly i was afraid that he was going to eat more of their kids and i was like oh no because like he did the same thing he walked up to the canister put his hand on it and like they started getting attracted to it and then you saw one like starting to hatch and you're like oh don't do it baby and i like that's like their last brood before they both die <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian team goes up to the freighter ship, uh, which has been uh, featured in multiple other properties, including Rebels. Uh, it's just a normal uh, Stormtrooper freighter ship. Or freighter ship. Uh, we go up there, and the four Mandalorians destroy these, <laughs> these... Oh, my God. These people. And you wonder, like, how Mandalore lost that the war. But, I mean, it just has to be pure numbers, right? Because stormtroopers are useless. Um, Bo-Katan alerts that the mission is now not just taking what's on the ship, but taking the entire ship. Uh, Reluctantly, the Mandalorian does agree, even after he's pissed about it. Um, But Bo-Katan mocks him, saying that this is the way. I thought that was such a good play, because he's like, you're the worst. Yeah, I also thought, like, that was a very revealing thing, I think, for me, noting that if she's going to change the deal, which is something the Mandalorian has never done, he's never changed the deal, he'll alter the deal if it needs to be altered so that consensus can be made. But the way that the deal got switched on him was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And just, it was, again, it's just an interesting character contrast than what we're used to seeing with Mandalorian, dealing with other Mandalorians. Um, and other characters in the series, so I, I was I was really like intrigued by this whole thing, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how this is gonna. End. Yeah, and like I mean, we saw the plan get changed once before, like on the uh, prison break episode, but he chose to let that happen, right? Like he wasn't forced into it. He was told they was gonna get more money, so he agreed to it. This he was getting the exact same stuff, but doing more work, which as yeah. a bounty hunter, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But he does eventually get go with it, and the captain of the freighter ship alerts Moff Gideon, uh, but it's too late to help them, and he ends up killing his two pilots and eventually killing himself, which is very brutal. And it reminds me of when Darth Vader dies against the Emperor with the electrical shock that goes through his face. So it's very cool, like, animation, but very brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought the captain uh, of the ship was a great choice in selecting for casting. DB Sweeney is a great uh, actor as well. So mm-hmm. it was just I'm just now noticing, and I don't know if that's a casting directing decision or a John Favreau decision, but they're starting to add more. Um, I don't want to say like more prolific actors to the series, but it just seems like you're starting to see more familiar faces. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because people are like hesitant to do it or what, or maybe, I don't know. I think with a show like this, you can kind of do it. But my worry is that if everyone's going to be in it, then, um, you know, it might lose. I don't know. I I, I like that it has like all these like kind of big actors in like these really small parts, right? Like they're here for like two or three lines. And it kind of almost seems like, It'd be like if you were filming something, I was like, hey, Gabe, can I just, like, come in and, like, just be there? Like, they did the same thing with Star Wars, right? Like, when mm-hmm. actors, like, just on the lot learned that Star Wars being filmed, they're like, oh, you want to come in? Like, uh, with, uh, was it Daniel Craig, who was a stormtrooper, just because he was, like, walking down the lot and uh, the director came out and it's like, oh, hey, Daniel, do you want to come in and be a stormtrooper for this scene? He's like, oh, sure. No lines yeah. or nothing, but, like, yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one because like his face is covered. We don't know mm-hmm. him. Whereas like Timothy Oliphant, it's his face. Like you yeah. can recognize his face. And same with DB Sweeney and Katie Sackhoff. It's just really because I I'd imagine. I mean I don't know. Like five years from now they do another Star Wars trilogy that has nothing to do with the Luke um, storyline. And you cast one of those actors that were in The Mandalorian. I mean, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. If yeah, like... you can. I think that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much stuff in like the universe. All you have to do is, if you recast those people, put them in some alien makeup, make them into an alien. Like yeah. with Star Wars, like it's so easy to like cross over because you can just be a droid, an alien, a whatever, and just like put a little stuff on you and you're good to go right so uh, i wouldn't be too worried about that because they are burning through some great actors and actresses um, i think the more the barrier I, yeah. I think the other thing about it though is is if you it, it becomes a thing where like i think every show kind of faces it too is where your performers are bigger than the show and then that's when it becomes an issue like i'm thinking about like, season one of The Mandalorian was fine. It was great. Um, but nobody, like, took over that show in terms of, like, their their acting performance. I'm trying to think of a show that's done that where it's like, oh, man, they got that guest. I'm trying to think. I can't think of any right now. Yeah. It comes to my mind. Maybe, maybe it's just something where I'm just being super nitpicky, being like, oh, man, everyone's off it. Yeah, I kind of always uh, just assume that it's, like, these are, like, friends of the director or, like, someone who works in the show, and they're just like, hey, do you want to come in for, like, I would say that's probably not even a day of shooting. Like, yeah, and I also imagine people are stoked to do it. Like, yeah, I would be so ecstatic. I'd be just be like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, are you kidding. And again, yeah. most of them are probably on the lot anyways, like doing other yeah. movies and stuff. It's like, do you want to come in for like three hours, do like three or four takes of this thing, and be in a Star Wars franchise? And a lot of them are probably like, yeah, sure. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's funny that you bring up like people going like with different uh, roles, because even in this episode, there's two people who, or a person who has had multiple roles. Yeah. So the frog lady uh, actually previously did the mocap for Quill. Oh, no way. Yeah. A- yeah, even though it was, like, voiced by Nick Nolte, the mocap was done by the Frog Lady, by uh, Misty oh. Rosas. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, like, stuff that goes along with that, too. So I wouldn't be too worried about them, like, burning through all these, like, very good actors, because eventually there will be more properties that they need people to bring in, like uh, Obi-Wan, the Bad Batch, yeah. the new Star Wars trilogy, whenever that comes out. Yeah, I would say probably in the next five years. If you think about it, though, it's it is a good problem to have because it just means the show is actually it's now mm-hmm. people are noticing that it's actually quite good, and mm-hmm. you want to be a part of a project that's quite good. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the captain dies. He's dead. Yeah. So captain dies. Uh, let's get back to this. Um, the Mandalorian makes a sweet charge with like the grenades. Uh, he's like, cover me, and he runs out there. Not shooting or anything, just like running out there. And the Mandalorians don't cover him at all. He just gets hit like crazy. And like they're not shooting or anything. I'm like, what is happening here? He asked you to cover him so he could like get past all these people. But it was like, it was, yeah, it was what it was. Um, after taking out the group of stormtroopers, Bo Katan is able to take control of the ship just in time to pull it out of its descent towards the planet. Uh, she forces the captain to tell her about the dark saber, and he tells her that Gideon has it, uh, and then commits suicide, like we talked about. Uh, Bo Katan thanks the Mandalorian and invites him to join them in future missions, which mean makes me think, yes, they're going to come back. There's going to be some sweet stuff happening with that. Um, saying that his bravery will always be remembered. Um, Then he, but for now, he has to complete his own quest first. Uh, So she tells him to go to uh, Kaladan on the forest planet of Corvus, where he'll find the Jedi called Ashoka Tano, or Ashoka Tano, however you you say it. Um, And that's the episode. Very, very exciting. He picks up the, uh, the baby... And the last scene is, like, there's this weird creature, I guess, that stowed away on the, uh, on the Trent, or on the Razor Crest, and it's about to, like, get Baby Yoda, and then the Mandalorian kills it, and Baby Yoda eats it. So, kind of a cute ending. Um, yeah, but all in all, I thought this was a really good episode. Like, I thought it had a little bit of everything, and what was nice is that it didn't drag on too long. It was only 30 minutes long, or around 30 minutes and it's nice that they don't have to stick to like a regular TV schedule where you have to be an hour with commercials and ending and stuff. But like you can do it at your own pace because it is streaming and it doesn't need to go to this like arbitrary, like, Oh, everything has to hit 45 minutes. No, no, no. You can tell your story in 30 minutes. Tones 30 minutes. Don't overbloat it. And that's not what they're doing. And that's really exciting for where we're going next. Like, if they don't need to add extra story where story doesn't need to be there, it means that these episodes will be really succinct, really clear, really entertaining, and not be, like, drawn out to a point where we don't want to watch it, kind of like what happened with a lot of Picard episodes. Yeah, I think so far so good. Um, to me, it's when we get to episode six and seven is where I'll be like, okay, let's see. Because right yeah. now, everything is going in a great trajectory. My favorite episode this season so far 
Um, I think the way it was done, exactly as you put it, there's a little bit of everything, and I just think that speaks to the direction. I think it also speaks to... Um, yeah, I think it speaks to a lot of just the overall... I was looking back at the, the last episode that Bryce Dallas Howard did, um, and her episode, I find there's like this really cool thing where there's this silence, and then there's things that are happening in between the silence that I really enjoy. And also how she manages to totally go from action to story back to levity seamlessly. Like it doesn't feel like it's gimmicky or it's hacky. It just is, it's, it's a great story that's being told. And there's these little bits that are happening. Mm-hmm. And the way in which she's handled her um, leading protagonists in these storylines I think is really interesting um, because I think there's so many layers of complexity with each of the characters, like with the de- with the drop trooper, and I can't I don't know why we can't remember her name. That's, yeah, I should have wrote that here. Uh, whereas um, you know you've got her doing kind of a similar character to the Mandalorian, where she's like silent, strong, uh, keeps to herself, has a code, mm-hmm. and you now. Katie Sackhoff's character of Bo-Katan completely different from that very mm-hmm. vocal very in your face very um, engaging and instigating and changes the deal her code is to herself and to her people and that's it and mm-hmm. I just I find that very interesting um, of these just these two different characters that are could you could have just made them the same and they're very different um, yeah. in how they about battling, strategizing, talking, diplomacy, all of it mm-hmm. doesn't. It, so I was just again her ep- the Bryce Dallas Howard's episodes are are my favorite so far, um, and they do a good job of doing. I don't know how to describe it, but almost like making me feel like I'm not watching Star Wars. Yeah, like you're watching so, a show. You're not just like watching Star Wars. Yeah. It's yeah. not a Star Wars show. It's just a show in itself. And, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, and the name of the drop trooper is Cara Dune. That's a Cara That's Dune. it is, yeah. yeah. I, again, I really liked Cara Dune. I really liked the actress who played her. Um, but no, I really liked these Mandalorians more, I think. I think that they, ha- again, they have a background to them already, so you don't need to like slowly learn about them. I'm coming in knowing a ton about them already and like just getting into the action just again very small snippets of who they are what they're doing but it's more about comparing them to the mandalorian himself right talking about yeah. the clans talking about their history talking about the dark saber talking about like all these things that are going to push the story forward unlike with cara dune unfortunately where we didn't like because Cara Dune was a brand new character. We had to learn about the past, and that past didn't push the story forward. Which is, this, I mean, you can't. Not everything's going to push your story forward, but like it's nice yeah. to have that every so often. Yeah, I think with I think I think the episode was called Sanctuary, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, uh, uh, was Sanctuary. Did. I thought I thought it was interesting because there was a lot of different other elements being played into it, like the the concept of the maybe the Mandalorians found a love interest. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Mandalorian Baby Yoda found a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like, what's really interesting, is that you have two different cinematographers in those episodes, and 
you kind of can tell, and yet you can't because of the vision of the direction is very similar of these moments of you're never quite safe when you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, and other Mandalorian. Oh, but they're not like you, and they're actually kind of a little bit, they're renegades. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're safe in the sanctuary. Watch out for that sniper. Um, and yeah. so they're consistently distracted. The other thing I wanted to bring up, which I find fascinating, is they are being tracked by those beepers, and the beepers I thought was in the uh, was in the like the I want to say basket or cradle, metallic mm-hmm. cradle that Baby Yoda travels in. Yeah, and if that's how they're tracking the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, that thing's gone now. So. So they weren't tracking it through the cradle itself. They were tracking Baby Yoda's, I guess, their DNA signature or something like that. Uh, the cradle was made by Quill, remember? Right, right. Yeah, Quill and uh, uh, created that on the way to their final battle before he unfortunately passed on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not sure they're still tracking Baby Yoda because no one's actually because he's not wanted by the guild anymore. So there's no contracts going out on them, and I think that if a new contract did come through the guild, that, um... Oh, jeez. I keep forgetting the characters from last season because they're not back. Um, What's his name? The the leader of the... the guild? What was his name? Uh... No, it's not Grief. Uh, Oh, yeah, Grief. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. The 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 Lando character. <laughs> reminded uh, me so reminded me so much of Lando, like his uh how he like acted around people, like that like that aha moments. Uh but yeah, like his character uh owes them basically his life in a lot of ways. So I think that if a mission or like a bounty did come through, he would probably flag it and take it and not give it to anybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Same with Cara Doom, because she's also with him being a new bounty hunter. Yeah. So if a thing came uh, through, it would just be like, yeah, we're not doing this. Wasn't she his bodyguard or something like that? I remember I, that. We, we literally, I know we both literally watched season one like not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, like right before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. The problem is that I don't have a head for names, and that's my biggest problem. I have a head. Like, I know about things, I just don't know the names of th- people. Um. Yeah, so overall, like, I really liked the episode. Oh, yeah. I thought the cinematography was really good. I thought there was good pace to the episode. It's my favorite episode because so far I found this episode did a good job of stringing together the story, mm-hmm. pushing action where it needs to be, uh, and then unpacking this huge albatross of lore that I'm sure a lot of fans are really pumped about and want some answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, even if you're a casual fan, for me... I'm like, you're telling me there's a Jedi that's alive, and it's not Luke, it's not Leia, what is happening? And it's not uh, just not Luke or Leia, it's a Jedi who's actually older than Luke. Yeah. And like, So there's, there's a lot of questions I've got. Yeah. And like, yeah, and the thing I'm really excited for, and I, who knows if they're going to do it, I mean, there's so many answers to have on this one. Uh, possibilities to see is like is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series going to cross over so that they have this um, Jedi character 
I doubt it because I don't think, at least from nothing I've ever read, that Ahsoka actually goes to Tatooine, and I think that that's where Obi Wan's story go- plays out. Uh, I think so too. No, because he he did know Ahsoka though, uh, mm-hmm. because she was Anakin's Padawan. Mm. Um, before she got like accused of like betraying the Jedi Council and then finding out that it wasn't her and then she like just leaves the order altogether because she can't mm. reconcile that like what they did to her uh, mm. so it's very like very interesting like that story again if you want to know more about this go check out the animated series the Clone War series really good and then you learn more about her as you go into Rebels so again I know it's a lot like there's I think there's four seasons of Clone Wars and then two or three of Rebels. So it's a lot of like content to go through, but it's definitely worth it. It's worth the time. Um, very fun. Like you actually grow up with these characters too. Like you grow, like I think when Ahsoka starts as a Padawan, she's like really, really young. And throughout the years, she get becomes more like how it Luke did, right? Going from like this mm-hmm. kind of nothing Jedi into what would have been like a master if she had probably stayed so it's very interesting oh, interesting um, that's yeah. really cool and, and i think rosario dawson's playing this character is that correct or is I'm it... not tr- i haven't looked it up i i want to try i try and stay away from that stuff as much as possible i do know that she's in it obviously but that's about that was it the one thing that popped up and i was like yeah. oh my god that's mm-hmm. amazing um, so it'll be it'll be good regardless. Yeah. It'll be good to see. I don't know who's playing it. I thought I thought it was her, but it might be someone else. But yeah, and we I might have a character for Ezra as well because I think Ezra hangs out with her a lot. Uh, and we know that Ezra survived the clo- or the uh, Empire because his their ship can be seen in Episode Nine in the final battle. It shows up. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a very cool ca- little cameo. But uh, so we might meet Ezra Miller as well, who's like. Um, he was a Jedi, he was trained by a different Jedi master and like very, very cool. All very, again, really cool extended lore stuff, but, uh, very exciting for what's going to happen next. I'm, I'm stoked for this Friday. Like, I hope they can push it. My goal is I'm hoping they can keep pushing this story because right now I'm excited for it. Um, I enjoy watching it now every Friday. So it's, it's. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Like, so. I, I'm usually a kind of person who goes to bed around, like, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I Every Friday, I stay up, and I watch the episode before I go to bed. So I'm watching it at, like, midnight, 1 o'clock, and then I go to bed, then wake up and rewatch it. So it's, like, that's, like, last season I didn't do that at all. But this season I'm so, like, intrigued with what's going to happen next that I'm very excited to, like, stay up, and I don't mind, like, being a little tired if I can do that. So... Uh, yeah, very. I'm very, very excited. Again, great episode. Uh, I would, I would say it's my number two right now. Uh, but I don't know if it'll really switch from that. I think that it just did such a good job at everything. Uh, yeah. I, again, we haven't had a lot of criticism with this episode, which is great. Um, and again, they redeem, they redeem Baby Yoda. So that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really hope they can keep this pace up. And if they can, this will be the best season. And I look forward to season three. Yeah, uh, and if not, then uh... then I look forward to season two being the end. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, and I think that will wrap up the main portion of it all. Do you have a Reddit or a meme for us this week? If you do, you want to send that over. I got no memes. Okay. I got no memes. That's totally okay. But what I have is a question. But I'll uh, wait until you. 
yeah, we'll do up the wrap up first. Like always, thank you everyone for listening to the Cooperators Viewers Couch, the Mighty Mandos podcast. You can catch us each and every week on twitch.tv slash the co underscore operators. And we usually do this on Sundays unless something comes up. And at which point we will be letting people know on our social media. So make sure you subscribe to our social media channels. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube and TikTok. So we will let people know on most of those channels, maybe not YouTube, but the other ones, if we ever need to push anything back, uh, the recording will come up, go up in a couple days later. So let me do some editing on it. This week's going to be really annoying because I forgot to press record. <laughs> so I, no. I, I, I streamed it. So I need to download like the uh, 40 minutes of stuff and hopefully that goes okay. Uh, if not, then I have to record it from the video and that's going to be annoying. So fingers crossed, uh, but it will be out in a couple days. Uh, there sh there should be. I'm really hoping to get it done. I'm doing another Pursuit of Platinum this week, so make sure to look out for that. If you don't follow the Pursuit of Platinum, it is anchor.fm slash Pursuit of Platinum. It's also on Spotify. You can catch us... Uh, I think I already said all this. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you give us those five-star reviews. Uh, if you have yeah. any comments, anything like that, also make sure to email them to us. We would love to hear from you. Uh... But beyond that, I think that's it for it. Uh, we've actually forgot to do this the last couple of times, but what do we want to name this episode? Oh, we should call this episode... Uh... Helmet. Helmet? Or sure. we could call it... Or we could call it... Mon Kalimon, those sweaters are fine. I like that. Mon Calamari. Wait, Mon Calamon. You mean Mon Calamari? Yeah, but I like saying Mon Calamon. All right. Mon Calamon, those sweaters are fine. They are. I want one. <laughs> and with that, everybody, we are going to wrap up how we always do. That is with Gabe's question of the day. Okay, my question is, where's the forehead sweat? Okay, we got a Mandalorian wearing a mask. We got those three Mandalorians fighting and shooting wearing masks. She takes off her mask. She's not sweating. Explain that to me. Actually, that's Explain a good point. Explain that, John Favreau. Oh. Explain that. I got this. I got this. They have air conditioners in their helmets. That, that, when, would that actually wouldn't help. You would still sweat your, your head off if you're fighting I, in that thing. That's what I'd like. I would like to know where the sweat is gone. Okay, where's that good old-fashioned sweat forehead? Or just, that's you know, they're, they're on the ocean, and none of them ever looked wet. I don't want to get The Mandalorian did, obviously, because he was in the water, but I don't think the other ones actually looked wet, even though they're on a boat. That whole Pirates of the Caribbean scene was making me upset, because I was like, I feel like we're watching Pirates it's, of the again, Caribbean. Again, it was just moment. flashbacks of the we Pirates. We just did those movies, no. Oh, I'm glad we never have to look at any of those again, except for the first one. That one was good. <laughs> Everyone after that. Uh, they should have stopped at one. Yeah. Actually, if you guys want to listen to the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, reviewers' couches, those are live on our podcasting uh, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just look up the Cooperators Viewers' Couch and... It's not just me and Gabe on those. We also have the Hurricane with us. That's right. Hurricane Carmen is with us on those ones. So very funny, very inappropriate. Make sure to uh, 
give those a like and give those a listen. But I think that is it for us this week. I'm going to do a quick sign off and then I'm going to probably start streaming for a bit. So if you want to stick around, please do. If you have something else to do, no worries. And we will catch you later this week. Bye. 